Hope you're doing well. It is Wednesday, November 2nd, just before 3 p.m. Uh, I'm your host, Boiler Dowd, and this is another quick cast, a little bit of a dive into some stats, some facts, some things that we might have a misperception about as Purdue heads into the Iowa game. Purdue, of course, coming off of uh, a bye week. Before that, coming off of getting thrashed, getting beaten up pretty good by Wisconsin. But before I dig in too deep, let me thank our sponsors. Thanks to our pals at Martin Vintage, martinvintage.com. Head over there, enter Boiled at checkout, get 15% off. How easy is that? You'll get uh, a great, uh, soft, comfortable Purdue t-shirt or sweatshirt with uh, some Heritage logos on it. Right now, they've got one they're featuring that's got Pete on the, I think you can choose, I think it's on the back. Uh, actually, no, the sweatshirt's on the front. It's an old-timey Pete from like the 1950s with the uh, engineering fountain and the bell tower on there. And that's got a, a block P on the sleeves. Really cool. And then when you're on campus tomorrow, Purdue plays at noon, it's going to be tough to get over to AJ's before. But afterwards, celebrate the victory, hopefully, um, at AJ's on Vine. EatAJ's.com if you want to order ahead while you're in the stadium. Uh, then head over there, have some mac and cheese bites, some funnel cake fries, uh, some, some Italian-style beef. Uh, a beer, watch some other games. It's one of the best things uh, after a game day at Purdue to to gather some football, gather some college football, and there's no place better on campus than AJ's for doing that. So, um, you know, let me talk a little bit of, about a couple things. First off, there's uh, the idea of um, Bromvember, the concept of Bromvember. Purdue fans talk about it all the time. Um, you know what? Before I even get to that, John Younger brings up something. Uh, thanks for tuning in live, John. Um, he says, it better not rain the entire game. Right now, the weather forecast is no bueno, as they say in my native tongue. Um, and it's this has been an Achilles heel for Jeff Brom teams. Rainy, uh, consistent rain games have been, a, been trouble. I can only think of one where Purdue was somewhat successful. Um, and that could be a great equalizer for Iowa, could help uh, Purdue's passing offense get slowed way down. I'm going to talk a little bit about statistics and what these offenses and defenses look like compared head-to-head. But yeah, that, that rain might be the biggest story as Purdue gets ready for this game. Um, it looks like it's going to start raining um, either right at kickoff or right after kickoff. It's going to be 60-something degrees, maybe low 60s and rainy, which isn't horrible, uh, but it's going to be a little windy, too. Um, so I'm hoping for the weather to change, but if it doesn't, it's another chance for Jeff Brom to slay one of his dragons, which is crappy weather. Um, I know he doesn't like it, um, but uh, our pal Aiden O'Connell's got to, got to figure some things out. Um, of course, Purdue leans heavily, of course, on passing. Uh, they're one of the best passing offenses in the league. Um, let's talk a little bit about these stats heading into the game, shall we? Might be a little dry for you, but I've got a couple points I want to get at. First one, um, like I said, pass offense. Purdue is second in the league, uh, 314 yards passing a game. And I think a lot of Purdue fans feel like Purdue's offense really hasn't been in rhythm for an entire game yet. I would say that's probably true, um, save the Indiana State game. They haven't put four quarters together where the offense was just clicking. Generally, it's about two quarters a game where the offense looks really good. And the other two, they kind of look like they're, I don't want to say going through the motions, but nothing looks the same in those in those middle two quarters generally. Um, 
And Iowa, uh, their pass offense is not good. Uh, 13th in the league, 155 yards a game. Their, their quarterback, Petrus, really hasn't figured a lot out, um, even in his advanced age for college football. Um, he's struggling to, to really to be, to find consistency. Um, in total, total defense, let's look at this. Iowa, I said one of, they're one of the best teams in the country uh, defensively. They're third overall in, uh, in allowing points in the conference, 15.8 points allowed. Purdue is 10th, uh, allowing 25.5 points. They, they give up, they not only give up points, they give them up in chunks as we saw versus Nebraska. And then on in total offense and, um, uh, just the ability for the, the team to put points on the board, Purdue is fifth in the conference, uh, averaging 32.8 points a game. And Iowa is 14th, Averaging 16.4 points a game. If you watch them, it looks like sometimes it's a bit of a miracle that they're going to get into the teens at all. Um, offense, uh, Iowa's offense really struggles to find um, struggles to find rhythm over and over. A lot of times, teams like that are really solid on the run. Well, let's check out that rush offense. Purdue is 10th in the league, 130 yards a game, thanks mostly to Devin Maccabee's um, uh, advent, his... his um, Coming of age quickly before our eyes, becoming uh, Purdue's number one running back as uh, King Doru has uh, struggled with injury almost all, the entire season. Uh, Doru is again out. It sounds like Downing uh, will be a game. Downing will be a game time decision. So uh, Purdue's going to have a little bit of struggle there. They the more depth, the better. Running back is always a good thing. But Maccabee will be starting again. And then Iowa's offense, uh, their rushing offense, has been thir- is thirteenth in the league. Uh, averaging just 93.5 yards uh, a game. Usually that's Iowa's bread and butter, right? Uh, most Iowa teams, the really good versions of the Iowa teams, can run the ball, run the ball consistently. Iowa struggled there too. Now, on uh, uh, rush defense, Iowa's very, very good. And this is where, this is if, if it's raining and Purdue looks to run the ball because O'Connell can't get a good grip on the ball or whatever, Iowa's fourth in the league, averages 93 yards. Purdue is seventh in the league, averages 110 yards. The funny thing is Purdue's rush defenses look great, especially um, in between the tackles. Purdue's uh, defensive front has been strong. Um, I would say it's still Purdue's strength. Purdue has some guys that are still a little banged up in the defensive backfield. That ability to stop the long ball has been uh, something that Brahm is, says they've been focusing on. Um, I don't know if that's a huge concern coming into this one just because Iowa doesn't tend to stretch teams, but we'll see. I think Iowa's going to bring the best version of themselves in this game. I've told you this game worries me as much as any game this season simply because motivation. You have two, uh, two of Iowa's best offensive players from last year are playing for Purdue, of course, Charlie Jones. Um, one of the best receivers in America has been uh, doing big things for Purdue. And then Tyrone Tracy, of course. Tyrone Tracy, according to Brahm, is going to maybe see more time at running back again due to injuries to uh, Doru and um, the walk-on uh, fullback. So uh, one more one more st- statistical category I wanted to talk about was um, pass offense, pass defense. Purdue's second in the league. Oh, actually, I talked about that. Pass defense, pardon me. Uh, Iowa's fourth there, too, and they allow 172 yards. Purdue is ninth in pass defense because of those chunk plays that I talked about earlier. Um, that's that's kind of a that's a big issue for Purdue. Um, and as Brom said, it's not acceptable for uh, the defensive backs to perpetually be running to, ke- to catch up with wide receivers. And they've kind of been playing catch up for the last few games, especially. Nebraska exposed Purdue. 
Wisconsin exposed, exposed Purdue's defensive backfield even, um, and Purdue has to improve to get anywhere near the season that I was hoping for this season. Uh, of course, Purdue's playing for bowl eligibility. They've got five wins so far, um, and um, this game is a pivotal one. It's absolutely essential if they want to win the West. To get to Illinois, who is uh, looks like the best team in the West, Purdue's got to beat Iowa first, and then they, those two teams – uh, the next two weeks are extremely important. <clears throat> so we're looking at the, looking at just that game. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to talk a little bit about the dry statistical analysis of the game. It's all stuff you probably knew if you've watched college football that much, but something to look at. Um, one interesting thing that I found was um, just kind of reading up, listening last couple of days. Um, you guys remember Riley Moss, who was a cornerback a for Iowa. As a freshman, he got um, – he, he just – he was exposed, honestly. I think he that was versus Anthony Mahungu. So Moss is probably a fifth-year guy uh, using his COVID year. But he called that a wake-up call for him as a player. Now he's a very respected cornerback. He's starting, um, I believe he didn't play last year uh, versus Purdue. But that game and a lot of games Purdue has played, they've been able to exploit Iowa using the deep ball and having guys get behind the defensive backs. Uh, Iowa has a pretty solid defensive backfield this year. They have... Guys all over the field that can hit hard. Uh, this is going to be a game that really tests Jeff Brom and his play calling ability. A lot of uh, concern that I have this year is when Brom believes another defense is very good, he tends to call a more conservative game. Now you have that coupled with the rain. That doesn't sound great to me, but we'll have to see. Okay, so let me let me uh, look at a couple more bigger picture things. I wanted to talk about uh, the first one is the idea the. Uh, the term Brom Vember. A lot of people say this because uh, Jeff Brom teams are just so strong in November. And I wanted to really look into this a little bit deeper um, and see if the legend is as great as the facts here. Um, let's go through that. In 2017, uh, Brom Vember was very good. Purdue was three and one after starting that season relatively slowly. They needed that just to get to six wins. Um, a lot of heroics in those games, of course. Um, 2018, uh, Brombember was not what you may have remembered as they were only two and two. Um, I'm not counting, uh, 2020 for the record in this, in this, uh, analysis because that was such a weird season and there was no normal rhythm all year. Um, so 2019, they were two and two again, far from dominant. And then 2021 last year, they were three and one. Uh, Jay talked about this on the handsome hour, how important it is for Purdue to go three and one in November. Purdue is, play, is playing, their, uh, the, I don't want to say weakest part of the schedule because you've got Iowa and Illinois, but there's games here that Purdue should be able to do pretty well because of just simple matchups. Uh, Purdue needs to go three and one just to, to get to a point where they have a respectable bowl. There's a lot of talk right now about where they would be uh, if you're into that stuff. Prognostication over bowls. Um, one side has Purdue going back to Music City, which I don't think they would do that again uh, just because they've been so many times the last few years. Another one has them going to the uh, rely on something, which is the old outback. Um, it really doesn't matter though, because if you don't win this, this week, um, it makes that Illinois game even tougher. It makes the Illinois game, of course, more important for the battle for the West. So the whole thing, let's get back to the Brom Vember discussion. Um, Brom Vember during his Brom's years coaching, he's 10 and six. Um, that's pretty good. It's not the dominance that I think maybe many of us think about. Part of that is because uh, those middle two years were were just very pedestrian. But um, 
that that's one thing I want to look at. I also want to look at um, how is Purdue coming off the bye versus Brum? Uh, well, in 2017, they uh, they beat Minnesota. That was a big one. It was an early in the season bye. In 2018, they beat Illinois badly, beat them like a drum. Um, in 2019, they lost to Wisconsin. It was late in the season, very late uh, by, I think it was either right before November or in November. It was right before November. And then in 21, of course, they beat Iowa, highly ranked at home. Uh, a lot of people use the word stunned. Um, they they beat Iowa pretty well. Iowa has plenty of reason to be uh, very motivated coming to this one. So off the bye week to under Brom, Purdue's 3-1. Uh, uh, that's pretty darn good. I think he's good at preparing teams. This is a little bit different year because injuries are such a big deal right now to Purdue. The question is, how healthy are they getting in these two weeks? Uh, guys like Charlie Jones, how is he going to feel? How close to 100% will he be? Um, the last thing I wanted to look at in the longer term, the overarching theme was, of course, um, Purdue versus Iowa during the Brom era. Uh, Purdue is 4-1 and one versus Iowa, if you count 2020. Let's wipe it off the record since we did with all the other stats there. Purdue is 3-1 and one versus Iowa, if you look at it that way. And um, all those things point to reasons to be somewhat confident uh, as Purdue fans coming in here, but there are a lot of things that can equalize that very quickly. The rain is one. Those injuries are another. And just uh, overall, is Aiden O'Connell going to be back to what we're accustomed to seeing him play? I keep thinking that O'Connell and Purdue's offense is going to put together one of these games where they just, it all comes together and he gets a 500-yard passing game. Um, part of the matchups have been really tough on O'Connell. But the other thing is he really hadn't played uh, the way I think he would. He thought he was going to play at this point, uh, up to this point in the season. The Wisconsin game has a pretty bad taste in everybody's mouth, but specifically for O'Connell, that pick six was costly. Sure, he had 300-plus yards passing, but still, he's not completing uh, passes the way he did last year. Obviously, losing David Bell has been a big deal because Bell was so good at finding the soft spot in a zone. Um, and Jones has done a decent job at that. But getting one more receiver back might be a, a much bigger deal than, we've, than we can even imagine uh, if it's Brock Thompson. So if Brock Thompson is healthy this week, that'd be great. Uh, of course, Yassin will be back again. Um, hopefully, he's got a better grasp on the on the playbook because it looked like on at least one play that he was targeted uh, versus, I think it was two games ago, uh, he turned the wrong way. He and O'Connell were not on the same page, so that's a big deal. Um, that's about all the analysis that I have. Uh, we don't have a ton of people live here. Ted Berkey's here says, this game is scaring me more. The more I think about it, I think Iowa will dictate the flow of it with their defense, but we will still be favored. Uh, I think... Purdue was favored by four and a half points last time I checked. Um, what they say, the, the standard bump for teams that are even is three three points if you're at home. So uh, pretty even game in spite of Purdue having a good offense. Um, I think Iowa's defense can really, really change the way the game's played. And if you look at the, my son has this um, hobby, he'll look at um, drive summaries. And if you look at a lot of the Iowa games, it'll be punt, 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 fumble, punt, punt. Not just them, but them and their opponent. Neither team really getting much traction. Um, that plus the uh, the rain literally taking away traction, uh, that's not a very good formula for success for this Purdue team. Uh, Ted Burke, also says 2019 was full of injuries. Not an excuse, but uh, should be taken to, into account. I agree. Um, but we tend to, as Purdue fans, uh, kind of make, I don't want to say make excuses about 2019, 
it's still on the books, right? Still counted. Purdue had tons of injuries. Obviously, losing two, your two uh, top quarterbacks is a big deal. By the end of the season, they'd figure some things out with O'Connell. Um, but, yeah, uh, injuries did did play a part in that uh, that game. But it's still a season. Um, it's still football. Injuries are part of the deal. Um, this is what we've talked about. We thought this year Purdue's depth would help them uh, as injuries mounted, as they do for every team around this time of year. And we're getting a chance to see if that, uh, see a proof of that, see if it's actually working. Who knows? Um, but this Iowa team is a test. There's no doubt their record isn't as good as of, uh, isn't as much of an indicator how good of a team they are to me as they really are. I think Iowa's a little bit, a little bit better. Their their schedule was front loaded. They played some really tough teams, um, and they're in the situation there. They, they're fighting for a bowl, so uh, not a great place for Purdue to be in, playing a desperate team or a somewhat desperate team. So that's about all I've got for you today. I'm going to have some thoughts on tonight's exhibition. Um, Purdue plays uh, Truman, formerly Truman State, I believe, um, and that'll be interesting to be there. I'm looking forward to it. Somebody said this is a sellout, which is very unusual for um, – uh, for an exhibition game, but I'm glad I'm going to be in the house for that. I'll have some thoughts for you guys either Thursday or Friday on a quick cast. That, and I want to talk a little bit about that Cincinnati scrimmage, how Purdue's basketball team has looked to the media and to Coach Painter, and give you a little bit of opinion on my own after I look at it uh, myself. So that's about it. Hope your, uh, your afternoon is good. Uh, have a great day. God bless you. Uh, we'll see you soon.